I'm right and you're wrong. Once you start labeling people, categorizing of humans and ideas, you have desensitized yourself to the humanity of that other human being, to who they really are. And in the marketplace of ideas, these things are complicated, man. We all need to engage with a variety of viewpoints. A genuine multicultural connection with another. I mean, sometimes you don't need to agree or disagree. You just need to sit with it and digest. Welcome back to Ideas Digest, the podcast where we explore challenging ideas and ask the question, oh, hmm, that's interesting. Why do you think that? And oh, how come you came to that conclusion? We've, we've been on a very long break. <laughs> it's been a long time, but we are back and we're back with something a little bit different to the normal episodes. Uh, it's just, it's me and Cam. So uh, normally I have a guest with a controversial idea and we'll take some time to explore the idea with our guest. But this week it's me who has a controversial idea <laughs> that I've been exploring and here to explore it with me is Cam. Cam, it's great to have you here. Yeah, it's good to be uh, here to probe you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, let's, let's do some intellectual probing. <laughs> so I always kick off the podcast with, I take a controversial idea. Cam, you've been there before. Well, I just take an idea and then make it super controversial because in this day and age of clickbait, even if, I, even if I say something not that controversial, man, like those headlines really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if I, if I beat them at their own game, I'll just start at the, the most controversial point. Yep. And if you're still with me, well, I say hang with me and we'll see what I mean. Yeah. Right. Course, yeah. That's the whole point. So I'm going to say something that might trigger people. So tr- <laughs> trigger, trigger warning. warning. <laughs> Here we go. I'm just going to kick off straight into it. Here's my statement, Cam. You ready? All right. In politics, Christians are morally bankrupt. Ooh. <laughs> I think, I feel yeah. like I've, I've triggered. It's a very vocal community. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's okay because, I mean, I grew up Christian. I was, I'm, in, I'm in the Christian world. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, black people get to use the N-word. I'm a Christian. I get to criticize. Yeah, wow, yeah. So they, they do they do say don't sow stones in in glass houses. So. I'm well within, mate. I'm well within, and I'm pegging hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, okay. So that idea, yeah, in politics, Christians are morally bankrupt. It's not really what I'm trying to say, but it's as triggering as I think I could make what I'm trying to say. If I elaborate a little bit more, yep. I'm saying something like. The values that Christians hold, let's say, love thy neighbor, turn the other cheek, uh, what you've done for the least of the, these, you know, exemplified by Jesus, look after good the poor. Ideas, good all ideas. great ideas. Yep. If I look at those values and then I look at how Christians vote in politics and policies, mm-hmm. I don't see Christians upholding these values in seeing, politics. Seeing a disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, That's probably a little bit less controversial. <laughs> it is slightly less. It is slightly less. But then we'll be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm heaps carrying in politics. And yeah. that's kind of what I want to dig into. Now, yeah. I'm making a lot of generalizations. Yeah. This is what I, what I like to do on this podcast. <laughs> just get the broad brush, Cam, and let's just sweep. Yeah. Let's yeah. just sweep with the broad brush. So normally when we hear these clickbait titles, we'll just normally say, you're wrong and yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, but we don't want to stop here. This is this podcast. Yeah. Cam is here yeah. to, to probe a little bit deeper and go, yeah. all right, well, why do I think that? And that's what we want to do on this podcast. Yeah. Instead of yell, you're wrong, end the conversation, harden our perspectives and move on with our life and build a little echo chamber of people who agree with me, yeah. we're just going to yell, 
interesting idea. <laughs> Tell me more uh, and keep the conversation going. So, yeah. so in the interest of me pretending like I may not agree with you. Uh, yeah, you can do that if you want. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. Thanks for asking. I want to talk about what I've discovered to be a lack of political empathy that a lot of Christians have when it comes to politics. Right. So you're talking about both politicians and voters. Well, I was Is that right? Or? I was thinking more of the voters. Okay. Yeah. Um, that I, I look at the politicians as the outflow of the voters. Okay. Because they yeah, wouldn't sure. be there if they weren't sure. saying something that was All right. hitting yep. what they were trying to say. Okay. So define empathy then well obviously i googled it because my computer's right here (laughs) and how and google gave wikipedia gave a great definition empathy is the capacity to understand or feel what another person is experiencing from within their reference frame okay so it is a good definition yeah, I like <laughs> I like the within their reference frame. Yeah, yeah. Because it requires you to sit where they sit and yeah. go, oh wow, this is what the world yeah. looks like. And yeah, I'm yeah. saying Christians have a lack of that yeah. when it comes to politics. Yeah, okay. Like yeah. politically. Yeah. So they they may may agree with the sentiment, but then the way they vote is doesn't reflect that. Would that would that be what you're trying to say? I wouldn't even say agreeing with the sentiment yeah okay. i would just say that like like if i define politics as making decisions for a group of people yeah. when it comes to making decisions for a group of people yeah christians in general have a lack of empathy in that yeah. space okay that's right. that's what i'm trying to say how did you come to that conclusion then like what what led you to like you sort of define a few things there for us which is good um but like what actually got you to that point of where we are right now well i grew up christian my entire life so like you said i'm well within the glass house yeah my whole community friends uh the whole world i exist within the worldview i grew up in all the people i know the echo chamber that bred me yeah. is christianity and i'm still very much within it as well i'm not yeah. a hater on the outside yeah, yeah. i'm not a jaded hater yeah um but i am very critical of it because i grew up within it yeah and so um and uh, maybe you can see that there could be something better as well like you you're trying to push for a yeah, change yeah. for the better, I guess. Yeah, like I'm, yeah. I'm definitely not like criticizing to say Christianity should just be gone. Yeah, I'm yeah. just, I'm just simply this one critique in one area yeah. within Christianity. Yeah. So like, definitely take. It's just an area. Yeah. This is this is just one thing yeah. I'm critiquing. I'm yeah. not advocating <laughs> become an atheist <laughs> and just just join Sam Harris and yeah. just hate on it from the outside. Yeah. That's that's not where I sit at all. Yeah. But but I grew up Christian, and. And probably five years or so ago, I would probably fit the exact definition I'm talking about when it came to politics. Okay. My my politics were, were probably unempathetic. Okay. I would have, like, let's face it, I didn't vote for ages. I didn't register. <laughs> yeah. I could not care less. Just flew under the radar. Yeah, flew under the radar. <laughs> and, you know, if you don't register, guys, you don't have to vote. <laughs> <laughs> they say voting's compulsory, but yeah. I didn't do it for a long time. Not that we're advocating that. No. <laughs> but if I did vote it would have been for the for the worldview of the people that i grew up within now 
my political position would have been by default the one that was handed to me by my Christian worldview. Now, a lot of Christians, and you might know this too, Cam, mm. is that a lot of Christians in the Christian circles, especially church, sidestep politics. Yeah, You don't hear sermons talking about how we should look after the environment or how yeah. we should look after people on welfare yeah. and, and bolster yeah. Centrelink, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, it's, it's very sidestep. But be, like, and I went to churches from Hillsong to a local, more progressive Adventist church. And yeah. politics was just not yeah. overtly spoken about, yeah. but yeah. I still picked up yeah. political positions because it's Australia, we yeah. technically have to vote. Yeah. So everyone, every three years, yeah. had to cast a vote. And yeah. I kind of knew who they were voting for. Yeah, yeah. And I knew their worldview that set them on that path. And yeah. th- I'm talking most people. Obviously, yeah. everyone's different. Um, yeah, but it, it's, it comes out in conversation you pick up little bits and pieces and it may not be exactly a conversation around politics, but somebody will say something and you, you glean information. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then yeah, every three fair. years, they might be more overt about it. Yeah. Um, for sure. And, and so th- this, this is not necessarily scientific, but it's certainly very anecdotal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very anecdotal and yeah. it's very from within my wheelhouse yeah, that I grew yeah. up in. That's fair. Just like we flag that as like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the position we're coming from. So that's cool. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. So pretty much almost all Christians uh, I knew would vote for the political party or in the direction that would, you know, still trying to be apolitical here, but would prioritize that they would not prioritize the environment. These political parties that would support the environment, ah, like everyone's like, yeah, look after the environment, but ah, not really in policy terms. Um, it'd be very harsh towards immigration, immigrants. Um, especially certain types of immigrants, Muslims, yep. okay. I'm looking at Jews, not yep. very, yep. <laughs> <laughs> a bit resistant within the Christian world, a bit of a hot topic. And they generally wanted to limit or eliminate welfare and very big, very pro big business. Like the one thing most people were passionate about when you glean this information was tax cuts yeah. and tax cuts for business everyone corporations. Loves a tax cut. <laughs> everyone loves a tax cut. And I found that Christians loved a tax cut. Yeah. Um, even if it was for like rich companies, it's like corporations and business were kind of the good guys within this worldview. Um, And so as I kind of pieced all this together, that was my general uh, perception of the political position of the people I grew up around. And it was my default. It was the one I was handed. Not explicitly, definitely implicitly, but it still exists today. So I started to like dig into this as I became more and more politically engaged. And to move away from the anecdotal and test my assumption being like, is this what a lot of Christians think? I started looking at, you know, who are the Christians in politics? And what policies sure. do they have and what yeah. do they represent? What parties so, are they in? Exactly. Yeah. What parties yeah. are they in? So I looked at, um, like when I look at the Australian Christian Lobby, a group that pushes political uh, uh, policymakers to make policy that serve the Christian interest. So it's the Australian Christian Lobby. Yeah. Granted, this doesn't represent all Christians, no. but it's a loud political voice, which is yes. why I'm focusing on the political. Yeah. And I went to their website. You can go to the website. Um, there is nothing about limiting pollution and looking after the environment. There is nothing on ensuring welfare is kept in line with inflation so people who are struggling on welfare can, you know, keep up a decent standard of living. There's nothing about pushing our governments to increase foreign aid to other countries. There's nothing um, on how we as Christians can politically support the indigenous community. There's, like, you go to their website, they're not the issues that are up there. Yeah, yeah. and I went, so I went to the Australian Christians Political Party website. Now, in fairness, I was trying to pull lots of different articles. 
a Christian group was upset that the Australian Christian party got that name because it implies they speak for all Christians. And there's yeah, definitely okay. a lot of Christians that obviously don't see yeah, this. Yeah, but sure. this is the main political yeah. um, thing. And I found most Christians I spoke to yeah. and still speak to and sit with yeah. the, the main Christian party. And part of the problem with that naming is that if you are a new Christian or something like that, and you go to vote and you see that on the thing and you're not very politically engaged, will that draw votes purely because of the name? Yeah. And so that's, that is potentially an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I went to the Australian Christian Party website, same story there, not much emphasis. I looked at their policies and there just wasn't much emphasis on the stuff that I would have thought Jesus cared about as I took the values I was handed growing up as a Christian Jesus loved, cared about the poor, the marginalized, the outside. I took these values. Yep. And then I began to go, well, I probably should be politically engaged. Where do I see these values politically? Mm. Um, and I just don't see them. I found a vote card on the Australian Christian Party on their website that says who to vote for in 2019. And Cam, you can see here, I'll just pull it up. Yeah, They've got... They're like, number one, obviously Australian Christians. It's fair enough. That's yeah. who they want. <laughs> yeah. Number two, liberal. Okay, so uh, you can kind of glean different policies there. But then, And I'm like, I'm not telling anyone who to vote for. But the things that strike me as interesting is that number three is Pauline Hanson's One Nation. Yeah. Very, like, hey, if you're a fan of Pauline Hanson, whatever. Yeah. But her general sentiment is very anti-immigrant. Oh, yeah, like, definitely. Well, you can get into the nuance of policies, yeah. but she's yeah. very much like... Uh, Muslim immigration, yeah. get rid of it kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the vibe. Yeah. And then even more concerning, um, number five, uh, Western Australia Party, cool, fine. Number six, Fraser Anning's Conservative Party yeah. is pegged above Labor. Yes. Now, once again, don't care who you vote for. Yeah. Fraser Anning is someone yeah. that, you know, I wouldn't call him like a Christian guy. Like anyone no, who says like, what, yeah. anyone who, I mean, look into it. It's a whole thing, but... Yeah. Essentially, to give it a quick non-justice summary, yeah. kind of saying, well, Muslims shouldn't have been there, kind of got shot in New Zealand, yeah. kind of blame the Muslims for yeah. it. Yeah. Pretty heavy, yeah. heavy uh, thing. Anyway, yeah. so I'm looking at the, like, what do Christians stand for? And they put like, the, the, the Greens are the Antichrist on this list. <laughs> like number eight, <laughs> yeah. Fraser Anning yeah. is, is, is a more... Christ-like individual, apparently, if that's the metric. <laughs> yeah. Then, then the Greens is yeah. like, man, yeah. I, I want to know what the Greens have done yeah. to be worse than Fraser Anning. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so this is this is kind of what I'm looking at to 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 put together this picture of where Christians sit politically. Yeah, sure. And and so so you're saying when you look at that how to vote card, for example, um, you are seeing particular individuals and groups that create those individuals like political parties who are very with, unempathetic correct yeah very unempathetic yeah. towards other people yeah and particularly probably particularly towards marginalized poor and oppressed yeah. style people yeah. so that's what you're sort of saying that's kind of what i'm saying and yeah. I, once again i want to sidestep the policy because you could have yeah. a 
good data debate on like what's a good immigration sure. policy. Yeah. I'm just talking yeah. about the general knee-jerk reaction sure. of where people sit. Sure. Not like which policy is the most effective. Because you could, hey, you could bring me a lot of data and say, hey, actually like zero immigration is the best for all yeah. these outcomes. Yeah. I'm happy to look at that data. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but wait, I'm, I'm kind of not talking Actually, we would be that. really interested in yeah, I, Actually, <laughs> if you've got that data, I would love to see it. Because I haven't seen data like that before. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, and, and to continue trying to build this picture hopefully i'm building some kind of picture and not like making too many people too angry by misrepresenting their (laughs) position uh but in the like in the united states 2016 uh it it's a similar story playing out mainline christianity is the is the big driving force that supports the trump administration once again if you're pro-trump like let's go into policy but Let's like 80... Does, does he actually have any policy though? <laughs> Come on, Cam. You're showing your bias there, mate. Cam's a Trump supporter. That's why he's on the podcast. Um, but 81% of evangelicals support Trump. Mm. Now, in fairness to that statistic, I got that. I got another one from a Christian website. So I want to be fair to statistics because people can skew them all the time. Yeah. This guy said that it's a misrepresentation because most Americans don't vote. That includes most evangelicals. Yeah, so like 48 enough. to 49% yeah. of white evangelicals yeah. vote. Yeah. And of that 49% of white evangelicals who do vote, they, 81% yeah, okay. of that, yeah, right. vote for Trump. So yeah, okay. we can get into the weeds yeah. and that statistic it's, there. It's still high numbers though, still, is what you're saying. What yeah. I'm saying, even whether or not, it's like a lot of voting evangelicals look at yeah. Trump yeah. Um, as, as kind of and throw a, per- their weight a person behind. and go, yeah. that's a guy that represents yep. my Christian values. Yep. Um, yep. And when he I, will support the policies that I support. Yeah. yeah. And so when I look at Trump, I, I don't exactly see, uh, like I look at Trump and I see harsh, punitive, judgmental, exclusionary politics. Like sure. when he says all immigrants or, or most yeah. immigrants are rapists, yeah. criminals coming Mexicans over here to take particular. your job. <laughs> yeah. when, when he says that, I'm like, oh, geez, that's not, yeah. that's not a very empathetic thing. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, whether yeah. he's right or not, show me the stats yeah. and then we can have a discussion on yeah. like, sure. but when I look at that, I'm like, geez, that's yeah. not very empathetic and Christians are kind of getting behind that. Yeah. And, and the rhetoric that that creates, like there's no... There's no room for any nuance within a statement like that. It's it's just it's a very blanket. It's very divisive. Very divisive. And and this is kind of part of the picture I'm trying to paint is that why why do Christians and I'm you know, blanket Christians why do some a lot of Christians support someone who publicly accuses most immigrants of being criminals and racists? Why do a lot of Christians support policies that would drug test? all welfare recipients as if they're all drug addicts. And as I'm working through this thinking process, uh, it must be because they believe that that's the best policy. Sure. When yeah. when uh, ScoMo, old Nate ScoMo gets up and, and proposes drug testing recipients, yeah. I think Abbott proposed it as well. Oh, I think the liberals have been trying to bring generally, it in for years. <laughs> generally, it's, it's, it's what they've been behind. Yeah. It, the general perception is, oh, that would be the best policy. And if sure. you believe that that's the best policy, it means you must believe a story yeah. that says most people on welfare are drug addicts. Yeah, once again... That, that's the underlying narrative. Yeah. Once again, sidestepping the statistics yeah. on whether that's true or not, I want to go to these stories that are being told and the pictures yeah. that are being painted. Because I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that most people who... Um, 
most people who vote, we're not spending all this time looking into data and statistics and matching policy to accurate uh, to paint an accurate worldview. It's I like <laughs> I don't either. And so I've got time to. And so I want to talk about. It seems to me that a large portion of Christians attached to a particular type of story. Yeah. Where before it's been proven true or not. Sure. You can yep. have a you know, a certain view, one guy, oh, sorry, that's what the statistics said, so I've got to yeah. go that way. Sure. But before we do that... Yeah. There's there are, already a narrative. There's already yeah. a narrative, and yeah. there's two stories. So I'll give some examples to try and set up these two stories. So th- there's one story that's very dehumanizing, vilifies, like the what I've said before, the Trump... Like these guys are coming from the border to take your jobs. They're all yep. rapists, criminals. They even use MS that terminology. And, yeah, gang wars and exactly. Yep. So yep. Th- that's that's one a, that's one that yep. makes it very us versus them. Yep. Dehumanizes them. The immigrant that's just trying to escape persecution. It's yep. up there in there. Yep. Um, and then there's another story. So with immigration, that's one. And story number two for immigration would be uh, refugees are desperate people fleeing persecution, and they need our help. Yep. Two stories. Yep. One, <laughs> evil MS-13 gang members. Yeah, yeah. Two, just need help. Yeah. Um, d- generational inequality yeah. is another. Let's break down two stories that we can have for that. Sure. Uh, story number one, millennials, they're lazy. They buy yeah. avocados on toast. They yep. envy the success of the boomer generation <laughs> and they just don't work hard. Yeah. That's why they can't afford a house. Yeah. One story. Yep. Once again. We can look at yeah. data and see which one's yeah. more accurate, but yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm just putting stories. Story number two, the economy is changing very fast. Millennials face higher debts and don't have the same booming economy wave to assist their hard work. Sure. Two yep. stories. Two stories. Feel free to disprove or whatever. Yeah. But there's two stories. Yeah. Welfare. And there's two policy out, like there's different policy outcomes for overcoming those. Based those on issues. each story. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so another one, welfare. Most people on welfare are dull blood just taking advantage of the system and spend their money on drugs. That's one story. Yep. Another story would be most people on welfare, well, they're in a tough spot. They often don't take drugs and are doing their best with what they have. Sure. It's another yep. story. Yep. Uh, do I have another story? Let's go one more <laughs> to trigger a lot of people. <laughs> Environment. Yeah. Climate. The climate's always been changing. Yeah. We're a small country. Why hurt our economy to do anything about climate change? We're a small sure. country. Story yep. number one. Story number two. Well, the experts say humans are having a catastrophic impact on the climate. And even though we're a small country as Australia, we should do what we can. Sure. Two stories. Yep. Okay. Now, we could go on all day and debate the data and research. Which one's more accurate? And that's yeah. what politics kind of tries to do. Yeah. But I'm more interested in what I've witnessed personally. Yeah. In the general person who would say they're a christian yeah their attraction to the first story yeah the attraction to the one that kind of dehumanizes or blames the person morally yeah, for, sure. for their position they're in that's what interests me why is it that they're more drawn to story number one than story number two yeah um, and part of that could be like the neuroscience like your brain draw being drawn to negative out- outcomes um and experiences because of that survival instinct in terms of mm. like negative things have a far greater impact on on your person like if something bad goes wrong you're more likely to be in a, either an injured or a, a mm-hmm. you know a dead state but why does even that even if you like look at the neuroscience of it yeah why like there's no component in that that must blame the person no that's right it's and that's good. what's interesting and, to me. And, and so what I'm hearing you saying, you're not so much arguing 
that there's two different stories and one is right and one is wrong and you're not even looking so much as to the policies that are being put forward to answer those issues with the stories, but you're actually saying, why are we as Christians, in inverted commas, like however however that's defined and not too tightly, yeah. um, how why is the default position to be less empathetic? Yeah, yeah. Okay. and you can, you can disagree with me and say, I don't think that's a default position. That's fine. Yeah. It's just what I overwhelmingly keep what, encountering. What yeah. And it's my thought process. It's like, yeah. why is that? And yeah. like one story assumes the best of someone's humanity yeah. and begins to look at the circumstances around the misfortune saying, how can we, how can we deal with this? And the other morally condemns it. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and so when you, when I take like the Christian worldview I grew up with and go, well, I don't think Jesus morally condemned anyone. Yeah. So, and that's why I keep coming back to uh, this term politically. Okay. Because I'll, I'll put a disclaimer in here on a personal level. The Christians I know are very caring people. Sure. They will walk past a homeless person and be like, man, like we should do a homeless drive and we should like, you know, donate and we should like, they do amazing things. Like everyone critiques Hillsong for being a rich, rich church yeah. that has so much money, but they do do a lot of good yeah. as well. Yeah. Like you can critique yeah. their tax structure or whatever, yeah. but there's a lot of good that comes out of sure. every yeah. church and, and yeah. Christians in general, like they are caring. They'll, yeah. they'll help, they'll help like heaps of people. Um, but that's often not the perception within society though. No. As well. So, and I, I, I think that's because of the political element. Okay, and so, that's interesting. <laughs> and so, um, but just to to really drill into this and emphasize the point that I do think Christians are empathetic people. Yes, I just don't think they're empathetic politically. Sure, is I'll, t- I'll tell you a story of someone I know. Yeah, uh, they arrived at the airport and their flight was diverted from Melbourne to Tullam- No, not that's Tullamarine. Melbourne to Avalon. Okay, yeah. And uh, my other friend went to pick him up. And yeah. Went, oh, I'll, I'll come get you. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Liv is very vague <laughs> and, <laughs> and they got there and um, all Christian people to set the scene they got there and they landed and there was uh, it's a long way to Melbourne and as they're waiting for their friend to pick them up there's someone um, standing next to them and they're like oh it's a transgender woman okay and she's been def- deferred as well as she's there and she starts talking to my friend and she's she's saying oh like how, how are you getting to Melbourne and Oh, interesting. Oh, I guess there's a bus. And, you know, a bit of a hint maybe like, oh, we, we could offer her a lift. And my friend was like, oh, she's like, should we offer her a lift? And to his yeah. wife, he's like, yeah. oh, like our friend's coming. They're pretty conservative Christian. Okay. I I don't know if that's a okay good idea. So they, they right. kind of thought, oh, should we invite him? Well, it's not our place. Like it's yeah, someone yeah. else's car, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. they get in the car, they get talking, they drive off. They end up not, you know, giving yeah. the person a lift. Yeah. And they mentioned to this more conservative type Christian, they're like, oh yeah, there was this, this uh, transgender woman that oh, we wondered if we should give her a lift. And without hesitation, yeah. the more conservative uh, Christian just said, oh man, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. going that way. That's totally fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the assumption Missed was, opportunity. Yeah, yeah like the because assumption of was... the assumption, yeah. And on the personal level, yeah. that exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the political level, it gives yeah. the impression that it doesn't. Yeah, sure. Um, so that's to really drill in this difference of yep. politically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. And so on a personal level, empathy exists. Yeah. But on this political, more disconnected level the vote goes to policies that doesn't have these empathetic assumptions and 
world like an understanding worldview of the people you're you're making you're helping contribute to policies for so you can believe that the homeless person is there because it's their own fault and politically you'll vote that way and that will result in a policy that impacts that person and when you have these abstract ideas and vote in this abstract way you might not think much about it you might be like oh he seems like a good guy I voted for him that it has a real world impact and Christians have a good, positive, real-world impact on the ground. Just politically, I wonder if they're working against their own interests. Okay. Why is it that Christians believe the first story and seem politically unempathetic? Why is that? Yeah. And I have a hypothesis for this. And this okay. is this is kind of what I think. And there's a two-part hypothesis. Okay. Part one, and t- now we're going to get a bit theological here, <laughs> okay? okay? Yeah. Uh, because that's worldviews of Christians are based on theology interpretations sure. of the Bible. Yep. So I'm going to go into the worldview. And I feel like I'm well-versed in this. <laughs> 30 years, I've <laughs> yeah. been within it, all right? I'm not a theologian, but I grew up in it. Yeah. Um, well, this is this is the theology that you've yeah. inherited. It's so what I received. You can't argue. You like, can say <laughs> what I received was wrong. Yeah. But it's what I received, and it's what I'm still witnessing. Yeah. So you yeah. can say, "Hey, you're in a weird echo chamber." That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. So central to the Christian worldview is the center of Jesus dying on the cross to save us from our sins. It's very central to a mainline Protestant Christian worldview. Let's yep. stick with Protestantism. Yeah. It's 33,000 different Christian denominations. <laughs> yeah. Broad brush again. Yeah. Um, and so this, this uh, worldview and this theory is known to get theological, penal atonement theory of salvation. Yep. Right? So Jesus was killed by God and that death of Jesus saved us from our sins and our wrongdoings. So right? without that, God would have had to kill us or a goat or something like old testament okay yeah, all right go <laughs> or, or i guess yes us yeah, if yeah. we're not saved it's yeah. like well we're we're imperfect yeah we can't exist in the perfect world yeah okay um but this is simple if you're a christian because all you need to do is accept that jesus died for you and say ah yep. jesus i'm thankful that you died for me yeah uh all your sins are forgiven and you're saved done yep okay problem done. solved excellent now the thing that goes unsaid <clears throat> in this and I want to pull out is that if someone can choose to be saved, Cam, you choose it. Yep. But if that person over there doesn't, yep. well, they didn't choose it. Yep. And if you can take responsibility for you making the right choice and being saved, yep. then somebody else must take responsibility for making the wrong choice sure. and not being saved. Makes sense. So that's the duality <laughs> that, <laughs> where, that, that the worldview places. Sure. And to transpose that central worldview that I think goes un- thought about yeah let's take that to the homeless person on the street or the person on welfare well i made the choice to work hard and i went to university yeah and you could have worked hard too and you could have gone to university and got a job but you made bad choices yeah and now you're homeless yeah so it's your fault so it's kind of your fault and i don't want to yeah, yeah. I don't want to, like, you could have done something else, yeah. so I'm not going to be too yeah. too empathetic because you might take advantage of me or that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's to kind of transpose that. It's this, it's this notion that we are ultimately responsible for, for our actions. And, and you if, say it's a bit like scarcity as well. Like, if I have to share what I have with you, I won't have enough for me. Would, is there some of that as well, you reckon, or...? I don't know. I'll I'll believe the best and say no. Okay. I'll believe right. the best and be like, no, no. We like they're like, no, no. I'm happy to give. Yeah. Okay. But I don't want to. In I don't want to. Like, uh, what is it? Endorse. I don't want to. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what's that word? Um. Yeah. I know the one you mean. <laughs> condone. Yeah. I don't want to condone. Yeah. This, right? And you don't want to. Um. 
Empower. Empower. Yes. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to empower your bad decisions. Bad decisions. Yeah. You can make better decisions. Yeah. Um, because if you if you can choose like me, <laughs> yes, like me exactly. If yeah. you can choose your salvation, then why can't you choose to work hard? Yeah. And it's this it's this free will morality that isolates it from circumstance. It what it does is it takes my frame of reference and places it upon them. Sure. And that's the opposite of empathy. Yes. Because empathy is taking their uh, frame yeah. of reference. We we decide we define that before. Yep. So. And then part two, because I don't know if that entirely explains it. Part two. To use another theological word, <laughs> word eschatology. Yep. Uh, eschatology defined as the destination of humanity. Sure. Where are we going? Yep. What's going to happen? Yep. Most Christians, Adventists in particular, have a very grim view of where we're all headed. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> it's not going to end well. Yeah. Uh, it's Seem gonna... to remember a lot of fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, not in Adventism. <laughs> Um, we're gonna. It's gonna get worse and worse and worse until yeah. Jesus comes back. Yeah, saves us, saves those who chose to be saved. Yeah, and then everyone who didn't choose. Well, it's gonna just deteriorate until it's all done. So the yeah. Earth is doomed at the end of the day. We yeah. might just get off yeah. it. Yeah, um, get off this sinking ship. Yeah, but yeah, it's a sinking ship. Now I'm not a very good Adventist. <laughs> I've told you this story before, I think. But I was 21. Yeah, uh, the Adventist Church, uh, the Advent. Anyway, yeah. I'll explain the story. I was in a bookstore. At an Adventist church, and I was like, "Hey, mum, I was twenty-one years yeah. old. Yeah. Mum, there's a lot of books on uh, the Advent. <laughs> What's the Advent? <laughs> I grew up a Seventh-day Adventist. I didn't know what the word Advent meant. Ah, I wasn't 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 a good Adventist. And mum's like, uh, Second Coming. <laughs> yeah. That's what this church is. Yeah, is like yeah. that's our point yeah. of difference. Is yeah. like we're about telling people yeah. about the end times. I will say, in your defense, that it's often not." The word is often not used. That's true. That's Advent. true. You're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you in my defense. <laughs> yeah. Sermons weren't talking about Advent. They use yeah. different words. Yeah, second yeah. coming. It's mostly. more of a like a yeah technical way of describing the yeah yeah. 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 So, but anyway, that's the, it, the the world's a sinking ship. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And if we choose right, we can get off it. Now, it's it's my hypothesis that this part. This worldview of going to hell and going quickly, um, and that we're in the end of days, you'll hear that a lot, um, like, this, this is the end times. It's a worldview of fear that says anything outside of my tribe, like, if you're not with me choosing salvation, then things are getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Um, and so it creates, like, a, a view that is suspicious of everything outside, because if it's not Christian... I mean, then it's the yeah. Antichrist. Then would it's you, not Christ. Would you say it's accusatory at some level? Like it's your fault that things aren't... Kind of, because... Because if, like if you all believed like me, then the world would be perfect. That's kind, that's kind of it. You had the choice to believe like me and be yep. on the side of good, yep. but you didn't. And yep. because you're not aligned with me, yeah. then you must be making bad choices. Sure. And to be really bad, then you must be more evil. Yeah. And therefore, I can't trust you. Okay. And I think, I think that combination of free will and distrust of anything outside yeah. creates the shortcut, yeah. the unthinking shortcut towards the first story. Yeah. Which we know the brain does. <laughs> Which that's how the it brain always works. Always tries to create the shortcut. Yeah, and uh, shortcuts are fine. Yeah. Like we just need a. I'm just trying to pull out the shortcut. Yeah. 
and that's towards the first story that one that assumes the worst about people doesn't assume doesn't take in account their reference frame yeah. now once again uh i want to separate the personal individual because yeah. i think the empathy's there like everyone yeah. like you see that old lady struggling with her groceries yeah i'm gonna be like oh end time sucked in like <laughs> take those groceries home yourself. Yeah. you're gonna be like oh I can help her. I'm going to yeah. go help her. Yeah. But then when it comes politically, politics is abstract. Yeah. It relies on other people telling you information. It relies yeah. on data and statistics. Yeah. And it relies on someone painting a worldview for you. Yeah. And so when we take all these shortcuts, yeah. we then go, well, should we give more money to welfare? Yeah. The shortcut that I think these things feed sure. is that... Ah, no, because they could have chosen to work harder because they have free will and free determination. Yeah. And like, you know, and with climate, for example, it's like, well, it's all going, it's all going to hell anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'll just default to yeah. not doing what I can to like maybe help the planet if sure. that's possible. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's all getting worse anyway. Yeah, yeah. And so... Would you say that that going back to that advent idea then would you say that there's a there's an element particularly with the climate change stuff not so much the welfare it's like well all of these things are happening and that's like evidence of the advent like evidence of the second coming and so they're sort of i wouldn't i wouldn't want to put too much like a negative spin on it but it's almost reveling in the fact that like things are turning bad because you know this means that god's coming again soon sort of thing would you is that too much of a stretch or well i mean i don't want to put too much onto yeah someone's worldview yeah sure but i do think that that those two things play a part sure and the result is voting for politics yeah that blatantly yeah and the action and the big abstract political output yeah. is not really environmentally friendly policy. Yeah. Not policy that doesn't emphasize welfare of the poor. Yeah. Policy that um, that often vilifies an immigrant. Yeah. Uh, and so it doesn't really care for the, the poor, the oppressed and the widow. Yeah, like, like, the, like output, yeah. the output of a lot of these policies yeah. does not ex- exactly expressly look after the widow, the poor, the prostitute, yeah, yeah. the homeless. Yeah. It doesn't do that on the on the political level. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. That's a, that's a lot, I guess, for people to take in and map. Yeah. Um, if you need to pause and just like digest that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, feel free. Like, disagree with me. Yeah. That's fine. I'm coming from a, my perspective. Yeah. Here, and I'm peaceful. If anything, we want to hear it. Like, that's pushback is important because yes. that's the idea is to yeah, yeah. like Cam this and I is- are this sweet little echo chamber. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a different experience, tell us about it. Yeah. 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 Because because I've do, I just want for me my default to assume the best. Sure. I want my default to believe the second story. Yeah. And disprove so I, me from that. Yeah. And I'm happy to be disproven. You can say, Conrad, you're wrong on immigration. Like it, it, we can't keep going at unsustainable levels, accepting people, yeah. uh, especially our infrastructure. Blah blah blah. And like yeah. and then show me the data. But I want to assume the best that yeah. that the immigrant is struggling and yeah. we have privilege and we can help them. Well, and a part of that too is a lot of the language from the political parties is 
it's not talking like what you just said you're there. Right. Yeah, it's not. They're not actually talking like that. No, you're right. They're creating the other themselves, and yes. they're they're trying to define a and and set up a barrier. They're telling say, the story. That's right. Yeah. There's some if they get up on TV and highlight a terrorist, like one terrorist in a hundred thousand yeah. immigrants that came. Yeah. That's telling a story. This is what I got out of all of this road mapping. Yeah. Until you use some university research, some data, some statistics on which policy is the most effective. Yeah. I'm going to have... I want the default yeah. that represents most what Jesus' default was. Yeah. Assume the best. Like, yeah. homeless. You're homeless. You know what? You might have made the best choices you've ever made. And yeah. this is where you ended up. Yeah. Imagine where you would have ended up yeah. if you made the worst choices out yeah. of all the choices put in front of you. Yeah, yeah. You can say, oh, Conrad, you're naive. That's wrong and all that stuff. But yeah. I would rather be naive and believe the best in people yeah. than default to the cynical, accusatory, yeah. us versus them, yeah. divisive. Yeah. I'd rather lean into inclusion. Yeah. And... and and I think ultimately Christians want to lean into inclusion too. Yeah, because like you were saying before, on a personal level, your experience has been that they are. They are on a personal level, yes. That's right. But you're trying to lift the thought process from the personal to the corporate. Yes, yeah. to the abstract ideas yeah. when we have to take shortcuts yeah. to decide what would be an effect, who should we vote for and what's an effective policy. Yeah, and prove us wrong. Yeah, prove <laughs> me wrong. Like, fact check anything I've said. Yeah. Send me an email. Yeah. And uh, if you have anything that you want to talk about or hear about or dig into or share, send me an email. Send us an email at ideasdigest yeah. at gmail.com. Instagram, <laughs> haven't checked that in a while. <laughs> uh, but you can send me a message under there. I might, I might check it every now and then. And uh, yeah, hopefully that's been a relatively interesting roadmap. Now, if, yeah. if you disagree, great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear from you. If, if you, uh, I don't know, if, if this makes you angry to hear, uh, or both, if it makes you super angry or if you're just nodding your head until it, your neck hurts. <laughs> like, you're like, yeah, I'm agreeing so much. Like, have a look at like, why is it that, like, what is it about what I pointed out that might either make you angry or make you like yeah. super agree probably too yeah. much? Yeah. Um, because that's the, that's what I want to do with this. I want to, rather than avoid controversial topics, I want to go headfirst into them yeah. and see what they expose about ourselves. Yeah. What am I seeing yeah. within myself yeah. that makes me so angry or even, well, if you haven't made it this far, then you've <laughs> yeah. missed what I'm about to say. But if you <laughs> yeah. just want to switch it off, like why? Why is that? Yeah. Like, can we not hear things we disagree with? Can yeah. we not? Can we only listen to things we yeah. agree with? I don't yeah. know. It's just an exploration in how we respond to ideas. Yeah, and it's a it's a case of um, like we are both curious people. Yes, and so if we're observing something in the world that is wrong in somebody else's opinion to use like a very dualistic yeah. <laughs> word i want to know yeah. how i'm seeing the world differently yeah this and so like be aware that um i know me personally and i i, I shared stuff with conrad so i know he's listened to stuff as well that is coming from the opposing political 
understanding that I have. Yeah. Just to try to constantly try and see what am I missing that I believe in a particular way. What am I missing that that they are understanding? Yeah. Um. And so this is view this podcast and this one in particular, um, but the, the podcast in general as that curiosity. Yeah. 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 We're just asking questions and exploring ideas. And if and don't come to us for answers. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I only have hypotheses. And if, if I'm wrong and, and we are just completely off track, email me. <laughs> Send me an email because I want to have you on the show. And yeah. I want to understand why you think I'm naive and very silly for holding, wanting to go to the second story rather yeah. than the first. If you yeah. think, no, 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 the first one is the best thing for humanity, yeah, I want to talk to you. Yeah, Send yeah. me an email. <laughs> Thanks for listening. It's been a great time. We'll try and keep something semi-consistent, but I want this show to revolve around the people who listen. If that's yeah. one or two people, great. Three or four, <laughs> yeah. even better. Yeah. Five or six, can't imagine. Too many. <laughs> but if you've got topics or you come across an interesting person, yeah. I want to engage with challenging ideas on the ground level, not experts and philosophers and things like that. Plenty of podcasts out there for experts, yeah, that's but right. everyday people, we're just piecing together these Hacks ideas. Like Hacks, pseudo-intellectuals. <laughs> yeah. This is a space for you. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Laters.